Yes, sir. Amen. 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 That's right. Amen. Yeah. God bless you, son. God bless you, son. Amen. I, I say this, and I don't, I'm not sounding facetious when I say it. I may not be a good preacher, but I know all of them. I know all of them by God's grace. When he puts, I, I'm trying to bring them here and put them before you, amen. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, that, that, stirred, that stirred my heart. I'll tell you, if Brother Langston was closer, y'all might want to vote him in as pastor, amen. Of course, I'd be, I don't mind being his assistant, amen. Praise God, I, I appreciate it. Somebody say, y'all not brag on men. Well, you honor to who honors do. And uh, when men been faithful and served God, uh, and by the way, there ain't no scandals on Brother Langston, ain't, ain't, no, ain't no money problems. I mean, he's God's man. And a testimony loves God and serves the Lord, and I thank God for that. And I am so glad that I got to, for our people got to hear him preach and fellowship with him. And I think this thing is real. Our style of, let me just, I'm not preaching yet, I'm just going to testify. Our style of worship is not a preference. Did you get that? It's not a preference. It's biblical. You can't find... I like what he said. I know he's heard me say it sitting like a wooden Indian. I believe you ought to act like Comanche Indians instead of wooden Indians. You'll get that after a while, amen. I believe we ought to have some joy about us and some excitement and vitality, amen. I promise you this. They're going to get excited over a pigskin today when the stupids play the dummies. I promise you that. And uh, that will only have any eternal effect. But I'm telling you, what's running around in my soul this morning is eternal and right and holy. And I'm glad that it is, amen. And I praise the Lord for it. Isaiah chapter 53. Yes, ma'am. Amen. 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 It's good to know it, amen. 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 I remember that Sunday morning. We was preaching through the Good Samaritan series and I'm glad he came where he was and bound up his wounds and set him on it. Don't mess with me. I'll preach there again. Amen. I'm glad God specializes in bad situations. Amen. That's what he likes. Amen. Praise God. I like that saved. That just keeps coming up. Saved. Amen. Uh, there might be somebody here today not saved. Religion don't get you in. Church membership don't get you in. Coming in once a Sunday and dropping your offering in and waving everybody don't get you in. I like what Sidney Coble, our neighbor down in Canapolis, he wrote the song. If someone asked me how I made it, quickly I'll say it by the blood of the Lamb. I made it through. Amen. That is the only way you get in. You can't ride your mom and daddy's coattails in. You can't ride your wife or husband's coattails in the glory. You have to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We got enough people that think they can do good work. I like Brother Lang- I may just play Brother Langston CD for the service. He said, Baptists think they can get to heaven on their works, but their works can't even get them to Sunday school. I know we didn't have Sunday school today, all right? Can't even get them back on Sunday night or Wednesday night, and they think the works won't get them to heaven. Talk to me now. And uh, I'm just telling you, it is by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. I just don't want to hear people talk, but is everybody minded the Lord? And I mean, minded the Lord. Amen. Amen, Brother William. 
Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. And, and William learned to wash him at least once a week. Amen. That's right. He said that and I looked right at William. I said, praise God, William. That's a word for you. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Amen. Isaiah 53, if everybody's minded the Lord. And uh, I know during a time of this, it's easy to jump up and just talk. But I want to make sure people mind the Lord. Yes, ma'am. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. You realize you could have been born in a, I was at a at Culver's Friday night because Waffle House was communist and wouldn't let me in. And uh, I, I never thought Waffle House come to that. They wouldn't let me in. But um, they, uh, we went over to Culver's and I, uh, I took my tie off. I had to have my dress shirt and you know, my suit, suit on. A fellow said, are you from the kingdom? A fellow stopped me and said, are you from the kingdom hall? I said, I almost said, well, we got a hall at our church, and I'm in the kingdom of God, but no. I said, no, sir, I'm an independent, old-fashioned Baptist preacher. He said, we go to, and named a Baptist church down the road. He said, I knew there was something about you, amen. And I'm glad it's more than just a church thing. But you, I said all that to say this. You realize you could have been born in that false religion? You could have been born in, in the JW's false witness and the Mormon religion or even some other religion that did not teach the, the Bible right, but God lets you be. You know, I, I hear people complain. I'm gonna, I may preach a minute. I might be preaching now. I'm not sure. I know a lot of people, they complain. And I, and I thank God for our missionaries. And you won't find a man that loves missionaries more than I do. But I told, I told well, I'll just be frank. I told Brother Richie, I said, when you get out there out west to visit, I said, Brother Kirkman won't do this. I said, but don't let anybody out there make you feel bad because you're from the south and there's churches on every corner I thank God for that I know we laugh and pick a lot about you shake a bush and five Baptist preachers fall out of it arguing about something but I thank God I was born where there was a church on every corner I, and I, know, I understand everybody deserves that but I'm glad God put me where he put me so I could hear the gospel so I could hear the truth so I could be saved amen it's exactly right I thank God for that and uh, I appreciate that, that God, I often pray, uh, Lord, thank you, let me be born in America. You let me hear the gospel at an early age. You saved me by, he did not have to do that. But I'm glad that he did. Amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody mind of the Lord? Yes, sir, Brother Tony. Amen. Yes, sir. That's right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. Right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
I'm going to tell you a lot of people's problem. I, I heard Dr. Kenny Cockendall, he's been here before, and he's a friend of mine, and I love reading his books and li- reading his sermons. He made a statement years ago that I have, uh, I, he just said it in passing. He may have put it in a book or was preaching. He said, I don't know if the church needs revival as much as they need regeneration. He said, a lot of people's problems is not carnality. It's just they've never been born again. And I, I, somebody said, you trying to make me doubt? No, 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 no. But I'm just telling you, it's, it's white and black. It's saved or lost. There ain't no in-between. I mean, it's either you is or you ain't. And one, one preacher said, if you is what you was, then you ain't. Think about that. If you're still the same thing that you was before you said you got saved, then you ain't. Somebody said, you preaching a work salvation? No, 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 no. But I'm preaching a salvation that works. <laughs> That's good. Somebody write that down. <laughs> hey, I know I didn't enrich from me, but y'all don't know that. I preach a salvation. I don't preach a salvation by works. I preach a salvation that works. And uh, Amen. I'm I'm trying to discern the Lord and mind Him. I got a message, but I got I got a bunch of I got a whole Bible full of messages. Amen. And we just want to make sure we mind the Lord. I like that that saved thing keeps coming up. Wouldn't it be all? I'm gonna tell you, Brother Davis was preaching the other night. Talking about how that peace in our heart and all this world's lost our stinking mind and, and all that, and but we got peace in our heart. I'll tell you where that comes from, being saved. I mean, when you're saved from hell, sniffles ain't that bad. <laughs> Come on now, talk to me. I ain't gonna lick a doorknob in China. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, I, I, I'm just saying this morning, I know I'm saved. There was a peace settled in my heart. And there are people sitting in this building this morning, you don't have that peace. Or God will not arrange this service like he has so far. You got a form of God, as Paul said, but you're denying the power thereof. You know what the form is? The form on the outside looks like you got something, and on the inside is empty. Amen. And you ain't got to live that way. You don't have to live that way. You can be saved and know it. And I believe that. And uh, I tell you, we've got we've had so much false preaching and so much false doctrine in our, in our churches and our pulpits. Some people are so confused. Uh, they think because they joined the church or repeated a prayer or got dunked in a baptistry that they're born again. That ain't salvation. It never has been and look, it never will be. Amen. And uh, I like one fellow said, if I didn't have enough salvation to get me out of the bed on Sunday morning, how would I expect to get me out of the grave on resurrection morning? Amen. And uh, I said, I don't like that kind of preaching. Well, don't worry. There's a bunch of churches in this county that don't preach like this. Yes, Amen. Somebody said, you being smart? No, I'm just telling you that's the way it is. It's truth. Mr. Delaney said it right. We have the truth here. Yes. Somebody said, you think you're the only preacher in town preaching truth? No, but I am one of them. Yes. Amen. And I'm telling you, I'm glad I have the truth. And I'm glad that Jesus loves sinners. Amen. And he died for sinners. Amen. Everybody mind the Lord? I feel like I have a message. I know I got a Bible, so I know I have a message. And I learned I ain't got to aim it. Didn't Brother Davis teach us that? I just let it fall. Amen. Isaiah 53. And uh, let's stand up a moment as we read our text. Amen. So I, say, I don't like all that. Uh, you wouldn't like heaven either. <laughs> you wouldn't like heaven. I promise you that. You would not like heaven. And I'm not, so, you know, my personality. I am a little bit of a smart aleck, and I know that is surprising to some of y'all. But there's just, shut up, will you? <laughs> but there's just some things I'm dogmatic on. 
And there's some things I ain't got to drop my head and shuffle my feet and mumble, mumble. You know, I just say, hey, it's this and that's it. You know why? I ain't saying that my own power and authority. I got this King James Bible backing me up, man. Hallelujah. Amen. We ought to call recess and shout a while. I hope we shout so loud them turkeys I saw this morning won't run through here for six months. And no, I'm not talking about y'all, all right? Had about 25 turkeys out here this morning. We had more turkeys out here than what we usually have in Sunday school. Somebody help me. Isaiah 53. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Here's why we're shouting this morning. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Boy, you better believe it. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. Would you pray with me and would you pray for me this morning? Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for this service we've already had. Thank you, Lord, for the good songs and the good testimonies about being saved. Lord, what I'm about to preach this morning is how we can be saved and why we can be saved is because what you've done for us at Calvary. Lord, would you please cleanse me of sin? Would you please empty me myself and fill me with the Spirit of God? Lord, would you touch every heart today? Would you touch every lost person today? Convict them. Lord, don't let them walk out of this building without getting saved this morning. Lord, I pray for those that are saved, but Lord, they've grown so cold on God. I pray, Lord, you'd stir that fire up in their heart this morning. And Lord, that you your will be done. Lord, help me to lean on the Spirit of God. Lord, if I veer to the arm of the flesh, bring me back to the mind of the Spirit. Get glory to yourself, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I won't go through all the introduction. You know for the past several uh, several months now we have been preaching through Isaiah 53 and we have now come to verse number 7 of our text where the writer says he was oppressed and he was afflicted yet he opened not his mouth. He has brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb so he openeth not his mouth. I would call your attention back to verse 6 and I notice the contrast. Because in verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. But in verse number 7, He is now the Lamb. And He has brought as a sheep before her shears as dumb. And we'll say more about this, but I am so glad that He identified with us. I was a sheep that had gone astray. But yet He identified 
identified with me in my lost condition. I want to preach very simply this morning out of verse number 7 on the precious Lamb of God. The precious Lamb of God. I want to say three things about Him this morning. First of all, as we read this verse, we find the suffering He partook. The suffering He partook. Our verse says, He was oppressed and afflicted. Those two words describe the suffering that He partook in this particular verse. First of all, the word oppressed I believe speaks of the burden of sin. He was oppressed. The word oppressed here means burden with unreasonable impositions. Albert Barnes said uh, this word properly means to drive, to impale, to urge a debtor the exact payment or exact tribute or a ransom. Did you get a hold of what Mr. Barnes said in that definition? That word oppressed means that somebody is pressing on you to pay a debt. Somebody said, preacher, what kind of debt did Jesus owe? He didn't know a debt. But I tell you this morning, I owed a debt that I could not pay. And Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe. I know I've said that 500 times in the last six months, but I'm telling you, that's our problem. We've got so used to Calvary. We've got so used to these verses that they don't stir our heart like they used to. But I am still rejoicing over the fact the sin account was large and growing every day for I was always sinning and never tried to pay and when I looked ahead and saw such pain and woe I said that I would settle and I settled long ago because Jesus paid that debt and the songwriter said right Jesus paid it all and all to him I owe sin and let the crimson stain but he washed me white as snow I thank God this morning even though he did not owe the debt he will paid the debt this morning you think about the sin debt and the weight of one sin to those of us that are saved and try to live by God we can't hardly do anything to get by by the Holy Spirit of God. I know we can, we can get callous and cold but I'm telling you when our hearts are tender towards God and we sin it just eats at you I've had to go to people and apologize. I remember one Sunday morning we was, get, we was having drive-in church. God, help us. And we was, we was uh, doing something and, and Miss Carolyn said something and, and me and my, I smarted right back off. She wasn't picking it. I just smarted off. She had some about people coming and I was aggravated at Baptist. Don't look at me like that. Amen. And, and, I, and I smarted off and said something. I mean, the Holy Ghost said, how are you going to preach after saying that? I said, Miss Carolyn, I'm very sorry. I should not have said that. And some of you can drink and drug and run around and lay out of church and listen to your rock and roll and your country music and smoke your cigarettes and drink your alcohol and watch your pornography and listen to that country music and wear immodest clothing and you're just fine. I wish I had somebody. I'm telling you, you think about the weight of one sin in your life, but you think about the weight of all sin for all eternity was laid upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Certainly we see the agony that the Lord Jesus was under. You cannot help but see that in Matthew chapter number 26 and Luke chapter 21 when he is in the garden of Gethsemane praying. 
The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 26 in verse 36, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be very sorrowful and very heavy. Listen to what the Lord Jesus said. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further. And fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but thy as thou wilt. You know what that cup was? In that cup, me and Brother Davis and Brother Collins was talking about this at the lunch table. In that cup was all the sin of humanity for all mankind. He, By the way, he was not trying to get out of Calvary. He was not trying to worm his way out of Calvary. He is God. He can do whatever he wants to. He looked at Peter when he cut Malchus the high priest here off in John 18 he said no it's not that I have 12 legions of angels standing on ready all Jesus had to do was give the word and the songwriter said he could have called 10,000 angels to get him off that cross but thank God that he didn't he was not trying to get out of it but he was showing us that human side that he understood what was about to happen with that sin that we poured out upon him but watch verse 40 typical church and he cometh and findeth unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. The Lord Jesus is under the oppression and under the weight of our sin. <laughs> and we're comfortable in the flesh. That's exactly what happened. Luke 22 says when he's praying earnestly, uh, the Bible said that they were a stone's cast from him. You can throw it. I'm not talking about chunking a stone. I'm not talking about a pebble. I'm talking about a rock. You're talking about 20, 30 feet probably. 90 feet if you got a good, good fastball. I'm telling you, that's how it is from pitchers man the home plate for you people that's not dignified and not sophisticated in the finer things of life. But, but there are stones cast. Jesus in so much agony, Luke said, that his sweat became as great drops of blood. Did you know in the medical field, there is actually a condition, and I cannot pronounce the name, but it is a condition where the blood vessels that feed the sweat glands rupture, causing them to uh, produce blood under conditions of extreme or physical, emotional stress. His sweat became as great drops of blood. And you know what the disciples are doing? They're over asleep. They were unaware. They did not know what was going on that night. They were unconcerned. They were undisturbed. And they were uninvolved. Jesus walked up and said, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? I wonder what he'd say to the generation today of our churches. The oppression. We claim to have Christ living in us, in us but when we hear a message on Calvary, we're never touched or moved. We're more concerned on what we're going to have for lunch today. What time does the game start? Is he almost done so we can get out of here? Don't he know we have things to do? I tell you, there is nothing more important in your life going on than what's going on here at the church house today. Amen. Somebody say, you believe people's lives to be revolved around this church? Amen. Amen. You finally called on to it. It's not because it's my church. It's not my church. It's the Lord's church. I'm just the overseer. But it's not because I'm the pastor here. It's because I believe this is the most important thing we have in our life. But you know what? They were too tired to spend time with the Lord. Too weary to spend time with the Lord. I tell you, after hearing Brother Langston this week, I ain't never said I'm tired again. 
That man, that man preaching and pastoring, building a building, visiting people, making cassette recordings for the radio, runs a camp, he mows his grass every Saturday down at his, at his, at his camp meeting that he has, and, and, and we can't make it one night of Jubilee? Amen. Amen. I'll let you know when it's time to pray. You didn't lose a quarter. I'm still up here. Amen. I, I'm just telling you, somebody preacher, you're going to get on me? You better believe I'm going to get on you. Amen. Some of you could have been here and you wasn't. Amen. Somebody said, it ain't none of your business. Well, it, was, it became my business when I became your pastor. I'm the watch over the flock. I'm to care for the sheep. And God put a meeting in my heart for our church. And I want, I'm not talking about people who had to work and things of that nature. I'm talking about people who you just lazy and didn't come. Amen. Say amen or owe me one or the other. Amen. I'm just telling you, he was, they were undisturbed by what was going on. The burden of sin. Then he was afflicted. I believe that speaks to the beating by the soldiers. The word afflicted literally means, here's why I believe that, repeated pain. The word actually, Albert Barnes said, gives the idea of a brow beating. You ever heard that term, brow beating? It's literally what they've done to the Lord Jesus. Shouldn't Calvary have an effect on us? He was beat physically. He was beat emotionally. The Bible said many blasphemous things spake they against him. They attacked his character. They lied on him. The suffering he partook, but that leads to the silence that he practiced. Yet he opened not his mouth. Twice in our verse, so he openeth not his mouth. He did not try to defend himself. He did not try to defer the punishment. Brother, he stood there in silence as torment was placed upon him. He was innocent, yet he opened not his mouth. He was pure, yet he opened not his mouth. He was sinless, yet he opened not his mouth. He was holy, yet he opened not his mouth. He was all-knowing, yet he opened not his mouth. He was all-powerful, yet he opened not his mouth. The Lord Jesus is a whole lot better man than I am. I couldn't take that and not say something. And you couldn't either. Somebody spitting in your face, beating you like a dog, brow beating you. He just stood there. Not in weakness. No, you listen to this preacher, you listen well. There is a supreme authority. We would do well to remember who this is they're beating. You know who this he is? It ain't just any he. It's him. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all still with me or y'all, are y'all mad about what I said on the last point? Amen. Brother Mel said you can get glad just as quick as you can get mad. Amen. Amen. The supreme authority is the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who angels sang about. The one who that night when he was born, we're going to preach about it, Lord, soon here in a few weeks, that the angels are put on course shouting and rejoicing. The whole, under you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior which is Christ the Lord. He's being beaten and mocked. The supreme authority. The submissive action. The Lord opened not his mouth. He did not stand there in weakness, Brother Tony. But as he stood there, he stood there in complete control. I believe his silence, Brother Richie, shows his God power more than anything. Because in our flesh, you, you, you strike at me, pucker or duck. It's coming. Somebody said, you're not too spiritual. Pray for the rest of us. You swing at me, I ain't going to say, well, I ain't going to turn the other cheek. That's kingdom gospel. I'm going to buy me two swords. Yes, sir, amen. amen. You read Luke 22, somebody said, turn the other cheek. I will, I'm only going to rain. Yes. <laughs> All my Bible students said amen right there. 
I'm just I call rightly divine the word of truth. Amen. But I'm telling you, Jesus, he did not stand there and, and he did not try to block it. He did not try to run away. He said, I will. He said, therefore, does my father love me because I lay down my life. No man takes from me, but I lay it down myself. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. And he stood there in complete control. You know, those Roman soldiers, they thrived off, off, off resistance. They thrived off somebody fighting against them. But as he stood there as a lamb, before his shears is dumb, so he opened all the mouths. They beat him over and over and over again with an open hand in the face. He stood there in complete control. And no wonder they said, truly this man was the Son of God. Charles Haddon Spurgeon had a great message on the Lamb of God out of this text. Can I read you an excerpt of it? He said, Beloved, I feel as I could not preach upon this, but I ask you just to look here in the text. Look within the open door and see Jesus like the Lamb waiting in the butcher shop, not struggling when the knife is at His throat, but waiting there to die and dying with His own consent, laying down His life willingly for our sakes. Look again and see your Lord and Savior lying down stretched out in passive resignation beneath the shears as they take away everything that is dear to him and yet he does not open his mouth I see in this Christ our Lord complete submission he gives himself up there is no reserve about it there's a story said there was a preacher that was in a meeting one night he preached a message on the Lamb of God slain for our sins he gave that descriptive and illustrated message there was not a dry eye in the house except for one man who came up to the preacher after the service and said sir your message did not touch me because I'm a butcher I slaughter many lambs each day to which the preacher responded sir I pray that God will make this message real to you the next day the butcher went in his shop and he took that first little lamb in his arm and he took that knife up to that lamb's throat and all that little lamb did was lay his head over on the butcher's hand in a loving gesture. And the story I read said the butcher dropped the knife, put the little lamb down, fell on his knees and called on God for there God made Calvary real to him. Hey, 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 when the lamb of God did not fight but willingly laid down his life as a willing hey a sheep they don't have sharp teeth or claws to defend or fight away he just willingly I wish I'd done something for you like it does for me willingly laid down his life hallelujah I say it again hallelujah what a savior hallelujah what a friend I thank God this morning that is my savior and my lord all requires that you die for him Buddha says you gotta die for him all these religions say you gotta do this for them but Jesus says he tasted death for every man and he died for you and he paid a debt that I did not owe I'm so glad this morning that Jesus willingly laid down his life the sincere affection Albert Barnes said this does not mean that he was a has led as a slaughter he said this does not mean that he was led to the slaughter as a lamb but that as a lamb which is being led to be killed is patient and silent, so was he. He had no resistance. He had no complaint. He suffered himself to be led quietly along to be put to death. What a striking and beautiful description. How tender and how true! We can almost see and hear the meek and patient Redeemer. 
let alone without resistance amidst the clamor of the multitude that were assembled with various feelings to conduct him to death, himself perfectly silent and composed, with all power at his disposal, yet as quiet and as gentle as a lamb, as though he had no power. What would cause someone to do like this? First John 3 says, Hereby we perceive the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Daughter Rambo said, If that isn't love, the ocean's dry. There's no stars in the sky, and that sparrow can't fly. If that isn't love, then heaven's a myth. There's no feeling just like this. If that isn't love, Isaac Watts said in the last stanza of the great hymn, When I survey the wondrous cross, were the realm of nature, were every realm of nature mine, my gift would still be too small. Love so amazing, love so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. The hill of the cross might have become a volcano's mouth to swallow the whole multitude who stood there jesting and jeering at him. But no, Nothing of the kind. There was no display of power. Or rather there was no great display of power over himself. That he did not use his mind against his bitterest foes. He restrained omnipotence itself. With a strength which can never be measured. For his mighty love availed. Even to restrain divine wrath. Charles Haddon Spurgeon. The suffering he partook. The silence he practiced. The salvation he provided. As a lamb... As a sheep. As we recall from our last message, we were the wandering sheep. But now we find another sheep. He is likened unto a lamb or a sheep. Philippians 2 teaches who being the form of God, thought it not wrong but equal God, but made himself no reputation, and put upon himself the form of a servant, being found fashioned as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. I see three things. First of all, I see the slaughter. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. The word slaughter usually denotes great destruction of life by violent means. Truly, when you study the process of crucifixion, if we had preached here many times from this pulpit and we'll continue to preach from this pulpit, we would understand that crucifixion was a slaughter. Christ carried the cross down the Via della Rosa to Galgotha where his feet was fastened to the cross and there the cross was dropped into a hole six foot deep. And at that point, every bone in his body was ripped out of joint. Not to mention all the scourging, all the beating, all the torture he has already endured. He has been awake for some 36 hours straight. People died on the cross many different ways from suffocation, infection, and exhaustion. The buzzards landing on the victims would pick the meat off of the victims on the cross. Dogs described in Psalm 22 would come begin to eat away the legs of the victims. John 19 says after the two soldiers, after Jesus had already died, they came through and they took that spear and thrust it in the side and out with came blood and water. I said this the other week, but you have to have blood and water for a birth to take place. For a physical birth and for a spiritual birth. Blood and water is involved. There's the slaughter. There's the shears. And as a sheep before her shears is done, so he openeth not his mouth. This refers to the process when the sheep would have his wool removed for the process of shearing. This speaks of what they took from the Lord Jesus Christ. He literally gave his all for our salvation. Why is the shearing? Think about this. I, I was studying this. I actually had this message prepared two weeks ago, and the Lord changed. We preached on the church two Sunday mornings ago. And 
I was meditating on this that Saturday night before. Why does he mention, I mean, he's already mentioned the slaughter. But why does he emphasize the shearing process? After all, isn't it the death of Christ that should be emphasized? And I love the Bible because the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. And the Lord reminded me of the first three pages of my Bible. When man was in the garden. When God put Adam and Eve in the garden, they were naked and were not ashamed because they were clothed with the glory of God. But then man sinned and lost his innocence. And the Bible said they saw they were naked and they tried to get fig leaves and sewed fig leaves together to try to cover their nakedness. Fig leaves is always a type in the Bible of depravity. They couldn't cover up their sin. And the Bible said in Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. So I said, preacher, you cannot prove that he slayed a lamb in the garden. I sure can. Because Proverbs 27, 26 says, The lambs are for thy clothing. You know why the sharing is emphasized? Because I stood in nakedness and shame of my sin. And so his righteousness was stripped from him. Everything about him was stripped from him. And the Lord imputed the righteousness of Christ on mine account. And so the lamb was slain and the lamb was sheared so that I could have a standing before God. I don't have to stand before God in the rags of my unrighteousness. But when I stand, amen. But when I stand before God, I stand in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ because he willingly gave up his life for me. Brother McNeese said when God looks at Jesus, he sees me. And when he looks at me, he sees Jesus. That is the doctrine of imputation. That is the doctrine of the sanctification that he made me like the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a part of me living on the inside that is just like Jesus. And it's on the inside. And on the outside you can't see it. But when I stand before God, and when I lay, when I lay down this robe of flesh, I will be like him. I'll look just, hey, I'll look just like him. I won't stand in my own righteousness. It's not by works of righteousness we had done, but according to mercy he saved us that lamb's wool was for the clothing and it's for comfort the slaughter the shears but then there's the salvation Acts chapter 8 Philip's in a revival meeting and God's moving in a great way but God tells Philip to leave and go to the desert and Philip's wondering why but the Bible said as he was, went into that desert, he arose and went. Behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under the Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, who had charged all her treasures, had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He's a proselyte. And was returning in his chariot and read Isaiah the prophet. <laughs> then the Spirit said unto Philip, <laughs> That's him. <laughs> no, he said, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Philip ran thither to him and heard him and read and heard him read read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest what thou readest? And he said, How can I? Except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. Watch this now. And the place of the scripture which he read was this He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, 
And like a lamb dumb before his shear, so he opened not his mouth. What a coincidence. He just happened to be reading. Isaiah 53, 7. And I like Philip. That, that man said in verse 34, And the unit answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet, this, of himself or of some other man. Philip said, it's that some other man. The Bible said, And Philip opened his mouth and began that same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they came, they went on their way and they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Time out. Dr. Wheeler taught us last Sunday morning that the NIV and all those false Bibles take that verse out. That's why the King James does matter. What is wrong with that verse? He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Hey, 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 I do have the right Bible because it protects the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he commanded the chariot to stand still and they both went down to the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit called away Philip and the eunuch saw him no more. Here's how I know the eunuch got it. And he went on his way rejoicing. You know why that eunuch went away rejoicing that day? Because he found out who the Lamb of God was. He found out who the Holy Lamb of God was. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. John standing on the banks of the Jordan River. That smoke's ascending out of the temple. Smoke from them sacrifices every day. Sacrifices had to be made every day. And that smoke is ascending from that temple bow. And John sees that. But on that day, John's message changed. He said, there's not one a-coming, boys. I've been preaching that for a while. But there's not one a-coming. Look yonder. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He's saying, there he is, boys. There he is. This is the day I've been a-living for. By the way, that wasn't the first time John saw him because he's in his mother Elizabeth's womb and when Mary went to see Elizabeth and he heard the salutation the babe leaped in her womb John got the shout before he was born and as he is laying his head on that chopping block he is still a shout in the victory because he knew he was the Lamb of God give me this in clothing closing this morning in the book of the Revelation there are 20 different titles for the Lord Jesus Christ but did you know the most used title is the Lamb. <laughs> He's the slain Lamb in Revelation 5-6. He is the standing Lamb. He's in Revelation 5-6 as well. He said, stood a Lamb. So I said, preacher, what's so significant about that? Dead lambs don't stand up. That means he ain't dead no more. He is the saving Lamb. Revelation 7-14. He's the strengthening Lamb. Revelation 12-11. He is the successful Lamb. Revelation 17-14. He is the shining Lamb. The Bible said the Lamb was the light of that city. In Revelation 21-23. He is the supreme Lamb. Revelation 22-3. Let me read this one. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. But as we've learned this morning, Revelation 5-12, He was our substituted Lamb. And He's the, he's the reason why I'm shouting this morning. Revelation 5, 12, saying, they were saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb that is slain received power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing and every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and to the Lamb forevermore. And I just thought
think if they're shouting in heaven about the Lamb of God, there ought to be some shouting on earth about the fact that He's the Lamb of God, that He loved us when nobody else did, that He cared for us when nobody else did. I thank God for the Lamb this morning. Let's stand together. I'm through preaching. Heads bowed and eyes closed.